Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning into the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of to-the-point interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and detailed info you need to find a career path you'll love. (laughs) In this episode, you'll be hearing from Naomi Junich, an executive virtual assistant specialized in helping coaches and speakers run their businesses and personal lives so they could grow their businesses without burnout. What? Ah, sounds amazing. So let me be honest, before this interview, I thought I knew what it meant to be a virtual assistant. But no, Naomi had so many insights to share about how you could make this role completely your own and build a business using your zone of genius to support others so they could focus on the things that they are most talented at. She's built her own business as an independent virtual assistant, which has given her the freedom to enjoy traveling the world with her husband. So cool. (laughs) So I personally learned so much from her as a fellow business owner, but I know every single person who listens to this will be enriched by learning from her creativity and her boldness and strategy and talent for communication in such a way that has set up her working relationships for incredible success. Whether you want to become a virtual assistant, live as a digital nomad, or want to learn how to communicate expectations with coworkers and clients in such a way that gives you the freedom from being on call around the clock and accepting scope creep above and beyond your agreed tasks, you need to listen to what Naomi has to share in this episode. She will give you advice to cure all that right up. (laughs) So by the way, as you're listening, Go follow her on Instagram at Wild and Free Services or visit her website at wildandfreeservices.com. That's where she consistently shares super helpful advice for anyone looking to build their own business, whether that's as a virtual assistant or otherwise. Enjoy this conversation with Naomi. Naomi, thank you so much for being here. I am elated. I usually say excited. Nope. I'm going to pick a new word. Level up. Elated to talk to you about your career as a virtual assistant. I think your path is just really inspiring. And I know so many people listening are going to be also elated to hear your wisdom on this. So so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Heck yeah. Okay. Give us a little blurb intro, what you do, where you live. I'd say where you live because I'm also so inspired and fascinated by this. (laughs) Yeah. So I am, first of all, hi, I'm Naomi. Hi. (laughs) I'm an executive virtual assistant um, and I help business coaches and speakers with behind the scenes support, um, whether that is um, something along the back ends of customer service or travel planning and just really help them stay in their own zone of genius so that they can um, scale their business to the next level. And I am originally from Michigan, but I'm currently based in the UK. So cool. And your husband, you're just like an international couple. You were just telling me how your husband's from Germany, but strangely doesn't have an accent and is also an American at heart somehow and how you are going to move to Texas and we will meet one day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Our, our whole story, that's, that is a conversation for a whole nother day yes. because that people are like, that is literally from a, a movie, but yes, he's from Germany. His, his parents are from Eastern Europe. 
Um, he studied here in the UK and we met here through a mutual friend and pretty much the rest is history. Oh, you could bet. I'm going to be asking you all about that story someday. <laughs> but let's go a little bit back mm-hmm. with some background on when you went to or when you graduated from college and what you studied. Yeah, so I graduated two two years ago from um, like May 4th, I think, um, from Southern Adventist University in Tennessee. And I graduated with a bachelor's in international studies with a Spanish emphasis. I'm having to like remember because I don't use my degrees in my business. Oh, and, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I also graduated with an associate's in pre-speech pathology. Whoa. Yeah. So they're oh. very, they're two very different degrees for sure. That's so interesting. So how long, or tell me a little bit about your postgrad journey um, and your career progression, if you held any jobs before starting your work as a virtual assistant. And- yeah, yeah, for sure. So postgrad, um, to be honest, I didn't really have a direction of what I wanted to do. Entering college, I didn't have a direction either. But what I knew was that I knew that I wanted to do something that I was able to serve people. And that was something that has always been ingrained in in me since I was very young. I grew up in a Christian family. So going on mission trips was very regular for me. I had gone to like a bunch of them since I was 13. So um, the best thing that I could do at the time was working as a receptionist. So I did that in um, high school and college for a total of like, five years and yeah that was a long time and then I worked of course like an extra year here in the UK um, at the university where my husband was working and um, that really helped me in being able to say okay I know that virtual assistant is something that I want to do because the skill sets that you need as a receptionist really correlate with being a virtual assistant just everything is online essentially yes oh gosh I definitely see how those tie together (laughs) I feel that this could be a question that just unloads a treasure chest of like gosh there's so many options but if you could break some of them down what are some different variations or specialties that you could explore within being a virtual assistant really it's honestly the world is your oyster when it comes to virtual assistant of course everyone starts with doing the general admin work i think that's that's a really good place to start um, whether that is customer service, just like managing your emails or like a little bit of social media. Um, there's the occasional person where they do phone calls. Um, that's not something that I do, of course, because I'm international. But under the virtual assistant umbrella, there's a lot of people that specialize in different services. So they do Pinterest management specifically, podcast management, um, travel planning, uh, social media management, you know, social media managers are a type a, of virtual assistants. Um, so those are really a couple of services that people can specialize in, but they're also services that they can include if they want at a smaller package. So, yes. Yeah. Gosh. So it's very, very customizable. Yeah. And it seems like this is just ripe for the picking for anyone who's thinking, Mm -hmm. I would love to work remotely, which is something I think a lot of people fantasized about pre-quarantine. Now we're like, (laughs) well, we all work remotely. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, besides the frontline workers that we're so grateful for, but um, <laughs> it seems like there's so much opportunity to just say, I, I want to help people, which is my core belief that really everybody wants to genuinely help someone and just make money doing it. <laughs> yeah. So get to help people, you get to work remotely. And after you build that foundation and learn the standard practices and maybe do standard admin work, you could build towards what do I really love doing? What's my own zone of genius that I could contribute to other people's careers so they could stay in their zone of genius? Yep, yep. This just seems like one of the coolest career paths I've heard about in such a long time. So yeah, um, it's, it's definitely really, really cool because um, once you do have an idea of, let's say you start with general admin and you realize you like social media a bit more, then you can go down the path of social media. You start, you know, posting content around social media. People are start going to, going to, they're going to be able to relate you to social media management Mm -hmm. and be able to work with you more. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, So what are some different ways that you could gain employment as virtual assistant? Because I feel like there's so many, whether it be just looking on LinkedIn for open positions under that title or going on Upwork or creating your own um, brand, if, as I feel you have, if you would call it that. Um, So what are some different ways people can build a career in this? Yeah, so there's definitely the two ways you can, well, no, yeah, there's two ways. There's <laughs> either the agency way where you kind of work for someone and they find the clients, they pretty much do all the heavy legwork for you when it comes to bu- building a business and they connect you with the client, you start working, or you can start with something from the ground up that you actually, you know, there's a lot of lessons along the way because you are doing it yourself. Um, but there are the differences between the two and it really depends on what you are wanting. So in an agency, you get the training for the skill set. They do the invoicing for you. You have that support system. You do, like I said, you do, they do the legwork for you. You just work for a client. Whereas if you do solo, there's more work, of course, um, with building a business from the ground up, but you can set your own rates your own hours, you're literally your own boss and you can be, you can be as picky as you want with who you work with. So at first when I was going through my entrepreneurial journey, I did kind of dip my toes into Upwork and um, I forgot the other one, but like Fiverr <laughs> or something? I, I, it wasn't Fiverr. It was something I remember it was orange. Okay. Uh, <laughs> people There's per so hour, many. people per hour. That's what it was. And I, I didn't really have much luck with it simply because there was a lot of people already applying. I didn't really have much experience anyways. And I was, I, I was just like, nah, that's not really, it wasn't really someone really for me. I know there are a lot of people that are successful in those areas and then they go solo. Um, but it, it's really up to your own preference, whether depending on which direction you want to go through. So I mean, I definitely relate to loving that freedom that obviously you've chosen for yourself as well and building Mm. all that. Um, I'm very curious to hear about some common misconceptions Mm. that are surrounding virtual assistantship. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, um, I feel like a lot of virtual assistants or like people think that virtual assistants only do admin work, Mm. um, which partly true some people only do admin work but others like I did uh, like I said 
do specialize in certain areas. And because they do specialize, you have the authority to charge more if you'd like. Yeah. And if, well, you should actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you, you are, you know, unique in that area. Another misconception is that either they're stay-at-home moms or they're just like someone literally in the middle of nowhere doing their work, which is also not true. There's literally a plethora of virtual assistants everywhere. And I didn't know this until uh, until I started going into the entrepreneurial world that holy moly, this this online world of entrepreneurs is so much bigger than I thought. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This so speaks to the experience of like just realizing that truly we feel like our little world is the whole world, but it's not true. And there's so many other circles and spheres of influence that are out there. You just have not even brushed up against that circle at all, but you can. And once yeah. you do, there's a whole new environment of opportunities available to you. Yeah, really I know. I know. I remember it's, it's a scary yet exciting experience all at once. And um, just going off of uh, on, on what you did say, you know, I feel like that other people do kind of look at that and they say, oh, there's already something that uh, out there, you know, when in reality, there's enough for everyone to be able to do what they love. You know, yes. there is that unique person for you that will be able to work with you and enjoy working for you. Yes, exactly. And I just think um, in the type of work you do, and even I do as well with having a personal branded approach, um, I'm not listed on any like the Muse website or like on a list of coaches um, mm -hmm. that people could just choose from. Um, you and I have both built businesses that are more authoritative in the personal brand approach. And when you do that, you become kind of the only solution to a lot of people that maybe didn't even realize that they were struggling with a problem. But once they do, they're like, oh, wait, that could be better. Actually, yep. I would love to optimize this area yep. of my life. Yep. And when you do that, um, you are tapping into circles that they're not the same kind of people that are on Upwork looking through 200 pages of people offering their virtual assistantship work mm -hmm. for eight seventy five an hour. Yeah. Yep. So truly there's <laughs> enough room for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're called to it, do it, which is kind of like the whole platform here. I know. Um, <laughs> So really excited to have your example in that as well. Uh, would love to hear about what your typical day in the life is like. Yes. Um, honestly, it ranges some days. Of course, you know, there are some days where you're just really not feeling it. And um, it definitely takes some time to, to be able to be okay with that. Um, I think that especially in the... I feel like in U.S. culture, it's very common to be, to be, to have workaholic tendencies. Yes. So um, when you are self-employed, you can give yourself permission to allow yourself to have a day for self-care. If you're sick, girl, take the day off. <laughs> Please take the day off <laughs> because it's not helping you. It's not helping your clients. It's not helping your audience at all. Um, so if there's days that I'm just really not feeling it, I take the day off. But in a regular day, um, I usually wake up uh, around nine o'clock. 
Um, I drink my coffee, check any emails, just really anything that's coming up during my day. Um, and then I start my work schedule around 10, 30, 11. So I have that time to be able to really get into my work schedule. And then um, around noon is when I have my brunch because I am intermittent fasting. Um, and then do some more client work or if I'm doing like having my own CEO day that's usually spent in the afternoon. And then I try to cut off my day entirely by around 5, 5.30, which is when my husband finishes working so that we have the rest of the day to spend with each other, have dinner, um, exercise, run some errands, whatever we need to do. So that's, that's a typical day for me aside from, you know, Fridays, I cut off half days and whatnot. Oh my gosh. I'm amazed at how much you are seemingly able to accomplish in that much. <laughs> Seriously. Um, break down a little bit what it means uh, to have a CEO day, because if someone chooses the more entrepreneurial path and being self-employed as a virtual assistant, I know they will find themselves learning and balancing the concepts of working in your business versus on your business. Yeah. And I think that having a CEO day is very important. So what it is essentially is when you are working on on your business, <laughs> yeah. on your business. <laughs> um, so that day is just dedicated for my own business. So that is whether I'm creating my own content, whether I am working on a project that I have, whether I am, you know, specifically doing something that is moving the needle towards my own personal goals. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically people have them on Mondays, but I like Thursdays. I don't know why they're my favorite days of the week. So I was like, I'll just move them to Thursday. <laughs> well, then I'm predicting you're going to have a very exciting day tomorrow. Seeing that yes. <laughs> yes, I am very excited. Um, yeah. And then my other days are dedicated toward my clients and just having that balance between whether you have, when you have your clients work, when you have your own is really going to be helping move that needle because it's off. It's so easy to pack your days, um, with your clients work and then put yourself last. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You, and you know, cause it's so easy to be able to put the needs of others first before you help yourself. When in reality, in I, I find I find it a lot now that people are saying, you know, fill your fill your own cup before filling others. And mm -hmm. so when you are having that dedicated day, CEO day, you are allowing yourself not only to fill your cup, but also working on what you love so that your business is also moving the needle as you are helping others move their needle. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that those days are so important to make sure that I guess at the most basic sense, you are able to get in contact and connect with people that will become future clients so that you could continue to serve more yep. Um, yep. instead of just focusing on the pool that you already have. Um, and so tell me a little bit about what you love about your job and maybe about what's a little less glamorous. Yeah, so um, something that I do offer that's very unique for, for virtual assistants is travel planning. I love traveling. And of course, we can't do that right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I, I fly regularly back home to run errands. I know, to run errands. It's so... What? It sounds bougie, I know. 
Explain. It, it, it's only like every three, four months. If I'm needing to go to the dentist or the doctors or deal with some bank bank stuff. Um, and I kind of tie that with, you know, meeting up with my parents as well and catching up with them and anyone in the area, in the area. But I fly probably no more than $400. Yeah. From London to Chicago. Amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice in that. And I love to be able to help other people be able to not have to break the bank to travel to somewhere that they really want to go. So I, you know, it's just a matter of like doing the travel planning for them, finding accommodation for them and making sure that they love it and that they're happy about it. Um, another thing that I do enjoy doing, of course, is customer service. Um, that's something that I, that I absolutely love doing and just making sure that everyone is made happy or even like, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be necessarily, I like being the bad cop, but it's just more of being able to be helpful in some sort of way. So if someone is not happy, you know, it's just being able to be empathetic with them and um, serving them to the best way that you can, even if there's nothing that you can do. Hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere on the range of mildly curious to high-key desperate to find a career path that will be an amazing, rewarding, and exciting fit for you. If indeed you are still holding out hope that that's even possible, which I can assure you is completely possible as I've given dozens of Christians one, a reformed view of work from mundane responsibility to actually the joyful gift that it is, two, help identifying their unique calling, and three, the help they need to practically land the job that's aligned with it. If it sounds like a dream to have a tried and true career coach come alongside you to help you confidently discern which career path you're called to pursue amidst the infinite sea of options that are so overwhelming, as well as help you nail all the practicals like networking, resumes, interviews, and negotiations to save you a load of time, stress, and dead-end job applications that are just seemingly such a common experience. They don't have to be. If any of that sounds extremely exciting, then I want to invite you to apply for my deep dive career coaching experience. Go to my website, kelseykemp.com slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30-minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through whatever might be holding you back so you could fulfill the vision and hopes you have for your career. I want to let you know I only work with people who are ready to go deep, do the work, and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you, and if you're serious, and if you're ready to accelerate your path to building a meaningful and impactful career aligned with who God uniquely made you to be and what he put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com coaching to book a free consultation with me this week and learn more. Okay, now back to the episode. So what about the things that like, if you could do without it, you would? Yeah, so something that really grinds my gears is definitely when communication goes haywire and my boundaries are kind of being bent a little. That's really, I think that boundaries and communication are essential when two businesses are coming together and collaborating because you're a virtual assistant, this is a business owner, they're not your boss. 
yet, you know, sometimes it could be easy for them to think of them as your boss. And it's sometimes easy for them to order you around like a boss because you are working with, with them in their business. However, it's just really essential to be able to have that communication. And it's just inconvenient when, you know, when I'm having to do a project or something and I'm not getting the response that I need um, in order to move forward and complete the job and just making the most out of their money because it's really out of the benefit of my clients that I'm able to deliver on time and that I'm able to deliver, of course, professionally as well. And if there is something that they need their permission or they need to okay with, be okay with, then it just kind of puts a setback. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would love for you to go a little bit more into how you pre-frame your client relationships so that you don't fall into what I would think is a very common misconception. I mean, honestly, I am currently holding it, so I would love for you <laughs> it that being a virtual assistant means you need to be at the beck and call for anything I think it maybe even has the connotation of a personal assistant maybe like um even in the movies like do whatever I want (laughs) you're here to make me um like fulfill any need that I have yeah that's just not true you are Mm -hmm. specialized you have authority in certain ways that you serve and you have really healthy boundaries that aren't just self-serving they're serving your clients as well but i imagine that there is as you say some really thorough conversations that need to happen to pre-frame that so the client knows yeah yeah and i think it's definitely important to set those boundaries from the get-go otherwise it's going to be very messy and very difficult to be able to bring that up in the middle of it and sort of later. So um, something that I do do um, now is just kind of have an onboarding session of getting to know my client, just breaking down the borders, just getting to know each other literally on a personal level. Hey, I'm from this place. I love this. I love that. But then here's serious. Now, here are my work hours, Monday through Fridays. Fridays, I will cut off on half day and I will let you know. Um, Otherwise, I will not do any work on, on the weekends. And of course you get someone who's like, hey, can you do this for me on Saturday? Can you do this for me on Sunday? And while it can be easy at first to over deliver mm-hmm. and you know, make sure that your client is happy with you to, in order to keep them around, it intentionally, it, it really intentionally, you're opening the door, you're inviting them in to continue overstepping that boundary. So even as simple of as, hey, I got your message, I'll get back to you on Monday with the answer or say like, Hey, yeah, I will do that when I get back into the office on Monday because you are setting that boundary. Um, And it's also important for yourself to just keep them in touch. If you are taking a day off a few days in advance, just let them know, Hey, I'm taking the day off on Monday. Hey, I'm taking the day off this. Let them know beforehand with enough time so that they have that drilled in their head that you're not going to be available then. Yes. Oh gosh. So important. And what about, um, how do you even handle out of scope tasks that maybe get brought up to you? If, if they do, like, can you do something that's kind of like off the wall? Maybe we didn't talk about that's like an agreed to task. Yeah. So, um, 
I think that when it comes to those specific packages that you have that only have these different tasks, um, I think it's only fair that you charge them um, simply because it is something that was not agreed with um, and just say, yes, I can do that. However, it'll be, you'll, you'll be billed X. And then, because then you are getting paid for the extra service, but then if, if it's that serious to them, they will pay it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could just already start to see how um, you're really, really confident and clear communication. Again, being clear is kind with your clients at the beginning has set you up for so much um, healthier, better, enriched uh, services that you provide as well as like client relationships, Mm -hmm. which I feel is just a really amazing thing that listeners can learn from who might have, um, like me, gone into this interview thinking, you know, I I have this misconception that most assistants are just at the beck and call for whatever that might scare people away from a career path in this could otherwise be so amazing um, and such a great fit for them. Mm -hmm. So I am really just full of admiration for your example in this area um, and how you don't have to be a pushover. You really don't. Um, That's not hand in hand with what it means to be an assistant. Yeah. And it essentially just takes, it takes a lot of energy out of you when it's very stressful, when you're always having to be on call, air quotes, on call all the time. Rather, you have that weekend is solely for you to be able to recharge, to be able to take time to um, maybe reflect and, you know, spend time with your family and just be able to um, get ready and be available again for the new week. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to be able to um, care for yourself. And essentially, it'll just kind of go down the drain with your clients. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What type of person do you think would be a great fit for virtual assistantship? Yeah, um, I think that's a really good question because I I feel like there's a lot of people that do look for help and then they kind of ask their friends, um, which works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. And I think someone definitely one with great communication and who is open and flexible to be able to learn a new task if it's something Uh, like a new software or something that they have to learn. Um, Definitely have um, time management is definitely an important one. They have to be able to know how to balance work and their personal life um, or how to be able to be more productive within the timeframe that they have for their clients. Um, And even like working in, in human resources, project management, a business strategist, or an executive assistant or office manager, I think those, uh, just speaking from corporate positions, I think those would be great for being able to transition into a virtual assistant. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you approach this question because typically people are like, you know, responsive, Um, (laughs) good character. I'm like, Amazing. I agree. I feel like (laughs) any job would say that they would love that in an employee though. And for you to mention um, career paths that actually have very strong, clear, transferable skills into this. So helpful. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, What kind of educational or experiential qualifications, if any, 
at all um, might be required to get your foot in the door as a virtual assistant? Yeah, so I think um, at least being able to handle, to work with a computer, um, just knowing necessarily, not necessarily all the cool shortcuts that you can do with command or shift control, whatever, um, <laughs> just being able to like, being able to um, get around with a com computer because you will be eat eating and living with, with your laptop. <laughs> yes. Um, and then definitely, oh, being, be, being curious. I think that uh, everyone assumes that as a virtual assistant, you have to know all the questions, all the answers. Mm -hmm. When in reality, you don't, you are, you are a human and it's a completely okay to be able to ask questions. Um, if there's something that's just not clear to you or you're not sure of, you can just say like, Hey, can you just give me guidance as to how you run things? It's not necessarily, you know, saying that you don't know how to do it, but then you're asking how the person completes that project so that you know how they do it and how to be able to do it according to what they're expecting. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That was just such a pro tip. <laughs> I'm going to direct the listener to <laughs> 15 seconds to re-listen to that because what you just said is such a powerful, powerful reframe because you weren't just like, can you show me how to do that? Instead, again, communicating so professionally and even honoring the client so much to say, can you show me, how would you go about this? Because it seems yeah. like really honoring their preferences, which yep. is one of, I'm sure the most comforting things as a business owner yeah. to hear that the person who's supporting you wants to see your process and how yeah. you feel most comfortable in things getting done instead of just thinking, okay, uh, it's scary off um, outsourcing things. It really yeah. is. So mm -hmm. to hear you say that, I'm sure it's so comforting to business owners. So that is a pro tip nugget that someone can <laughs> get onto. And I'm sure anyone, even in a corporate job, any job can learn from the yeah. way you ask that question. Yeah, um, for sure. I think that, um, yeah, I, I, and it can go both ways, that question in terms of that um, business owners sometimes can assume that virtual assistants can do everything. But in reality, when you do the task, you're like, no, I do it this way. I do it that way. Um, and of course, if that happens to you, you can say, okay, well, can you show me how to do it? And in turn, that will be able to um, strengthen that communication um, as, as we discussed and it just really be able to strengthen that relationship in turn because you are getting, when you are working with someone, you are learning their business. You are representing their business and should be able to um, be able to run their business as closely as they would. Mm. So it's very seamless. Yes, absolutely. So for anyone who's coming towards the end of this podcast and just thinking, heck yeah, this seems like the coolest <laughs> thing. I want to do it. Um, as you mentioned, there's a couple different paths. You said if you want to just split it simply in two, one, you could go the agency route. Yep. Two, you could go the self-employment route. Um, and I feel the agency route is pretty clear, like people could get that. Mm -hmm. But if they're really inspired by your unique example and would like to go the self-employed route, what are just the most basic, like what is the first thing you would recommend to start getting like their very first client? 
I think that just looking back, even when I first started, it's very important to make that first step in creating those relationships because in turn relationships is where and how you're going to be able to get clients. And um, it's not necessarily the cookie cutter, hey, I followed you and you know all the cookie cutter things that you may have seen on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, there's always those people, but just having those genuine um, comments and messages, it's, it, it really creates that relationship with someone. And if they need a virtual assistant, they're, you're going to be the first person on, on their minds. And so it, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take patience. It's definitely going to take patience and perseverance because e even for me, there are times where I don't have anyone coming in yeah. and I'm like, what's going to happen? You know, how am I going to make my first paycheck? That happened to me when, you know, with, with everything shutting down back in March, mm -hmm. but it's just really persevering, creating those relationships and it, in sense, that's something that I, I love now. Um, yeah. And it can be awkward at first, you know, just kind of saying, hi, I, you know, I'm here, whatever. But it, it can be as simple as adding an emoji on um, their stories. I yeah. just re recently created a post of a networking tip. Um, um, no, you should definitely bring this up because your Instagram is such fire and has a lot of really practical tips. So why don't you just go ahead and take this opportunity to say your handle because people should follow you. Okay. So my, my handle is at wild and free services. Um, and what I was mentioning is networking tip flirt with your dream clients. Like you would poke your crush on Facebook. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot that was a thing. Poking people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um I totally see what you're saying and I really appreciate and love your vulnerability to say let's break down the lie that business um when you're self-employed is formulaic I think that there is so there is certainly an element to that there's certainly strategy but I feel that a lot of what is not acknowledged um, especially in social media when you see everybody's highlight reel and they would love to praise themselves for how strategic they've been yeah. and how in the first six months of business, everything skyrocketed and everything is linear. It's just not. But the beautiful reality is instead of being defeated by that, it's just to acknowledge that the real um, lifeblood of business is really relationship building. Mm -hmm. So you could get frustrated with how sometimes that doesn't seem um, as proven and linear of a path as possible. Yep. But if you're just faithful to really invest in those relationships, it will pay off in the yep. long run. Just keep on sowing those seeds. And you're such an example of that. And this is really also backed up by another interview I just did that's coming out, I think maybe in the same batch as this one. <laughs> Um, with Maggie Bailey, who is mm -hmm. a florist, and she and I were talking about the same thing. As a creative business owner or really mm -hmm. business owner of any kind, yeah. genuinely, a lot of the time, all you have to be is kind and top of mind. That's Ooh, it. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what you were saying. Like you were yeah. just learning that. Just be kind and be top of mind. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any more thoughts on this topic? Um voice memos. Voice mm. memos is something that people don't like, but if you, 
some, I used to hate them too. Don't get me wrong. But there's something just so special about receiving a voicemail. It's like receiving a voicemail from yes. someone in your phone. It's just like, oh, this person actually took the time to record their own voice and virtually say hi and that they love my dog, my yeah. content, my post or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're so right about the power of voice memos in terms of being such a connective mm -hmm. way to be with someone just because we're in the age where I'm sure you get this too. Just loads of LinkedIn connect requests yeah. and bots on your Instagram stories yeah. that are so clearly automated or copy and paste and you just can't fabricate a voice message at all. No. Um, and I think that just so <laughs> um, ties into like be kind, be top of mind. Mm -hmm. That is such a really incredible thing to do. Yeah. Oh gosh. I know for certain that anyone listening right now has been so inspired by your story. I know I have been so much, really look up to you as a business owner a lot. And so I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for so sharing. much. I'm like sweating over here because I'm so, it's just, it's just been such an experience. I really appreciate it. Yes. Oh gosh. Well, I could tell you, I'm sure that so many people would say, oh, such an experience when they look back on the next couple of months, hopefully, um, yeah. when I really hope that they take and implement your advice if they indeed are feeling a tug to follow in your footsteps. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. For sure. Thanks, Kelsey. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other bingeable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.